0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Pond Hunter Broadcast.
2: Welcome to the Pond Hunter Broadcast from the Under the Sea Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter in the pursuit of all things aquatic. Take a look into the world of koi ponds, water gardens, and the lifestyles of the aquatically obsessed. Meet the pros hobbyists, and cover some no-nonsense pond advice straight from the field. The Pond Hunter, in the pursuit of all things aquatic. Here's your host, Koi Pond and water garden expert, Mike Gannon.
3: Hey, everybody. Hey, hey. how's everybody doing? Right on. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, people. The Pond Hunter. Upset. Hey everybody, how are you doing? Welcome to this second day of autumn two thousand fourteen. I wrote off somewhere a while ago, but now it's one hundred percent gonzo and the fall is here. So what's happening everybody? Everybody doing good? How are y'all feeling tonight? I'm doing good and I'm happy to be here with you on the Pond Hunter Radio broadcast. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. Thanks for tuning in, and I appreciate y'all being here. Hunter Radio Broadcast is coming to you from Blog Talk Radio, broadcasting around the world, even though I'm really just sitting in my mom's basement doing this show while I do laundry. Just kidding, folks. I'm not doing laundry. So welcome, everybody, for another episode of the Hunter Radio Broadcast. This is episode 15 coming at you with some good stuff coming your way, and I'm happy you could all make it. If you want to call in tonight, you can call in at 914-803-4557. And again, welcome. If you couldn't make the live show, you can listen anytime on your smart device, your phone, tablet, or computer, anytime at home. walking the dog, in the gym. You can play the show at your next party and amaze all your friends at how aquatically obsessed you are. Go to theblogtalkradio.com slash The Pond Hunter, and click on the show to listen or download it. And while at blogtalkradio.com slash thepondhunter, you can click on any show in the Pond Hunter archive. There's lots of cool stuff to check out if you're so inclined. And again, that's www.blogtalkradio.com slash thepondhunter. And you can find this broadcast on iTunes, which makes it even more convenient iTunes podcast will be the place to go or just search iTunes for the Pawn Hunter and I'm sure you will find it. And again, hey, if you want to call in tonight's show, you want to say hi, you have a question or comment for a guest, give a call. Operators are standing by. And the number is 914-803-4557. And I look forward to talking with you a little bit later in the show. And you can also follow along on Facebook, send me a message, And I'm happy to hear from you guys. So anyway, hey, welcome. What's up, folks? How are your ponds doing? How's your water garden? How's your koi pond or your goldfish pond? How's your aquatic obsession or any combination thereof? How are they doing? You know why I'm asking. Because we all get pretty busy this time of year in early autumn. It's back to school, back to work, back to sports, back to our new and old routines. Sometimes... This time of year, we don't get much time by the pond, so if you've been tied up, let this serve as your reminder to go hang out by the pond. Milk this weather for everything you can. Have some family and friends over and start a fire by the pond on these cool, crisp autumn nights. It's a great time of year to do a wine and cheese party by your pond, have some people over. Don't you guys think every outdoor living area should have a pond? I definitely do. People love it. People love gathering by the pond. The crisp air, a nice fire, the moonlight, and the sound of a waterfall right outside your door just steps away. How nice is that? I think that's great. And with days getting shorter, we get to enjoy our pond lighting, too. A lot of folks' favorite time by the pond is at night when the lights turn on. It creates an entirely different dimension of pond enjoyment. Seeing the pond inside, seeing the waterfall illuminated and enjoying the reflections of light around the pond, it's really, it's beautiful. And if you don't have lighting on your pond, let me highly recommend adding some. It extends your viewing hours, of course, but what it really gives you is a whole new pond. You can now have your daytime pond and your nighttime pond. You kind of get two ponds in one. Add some lighting and you will thank me. Even in the wintertime when there's ice and snow, it's kind of like a really nice glow coming from your pond and lighting up the snow cover and the ice. It's just, uh, it's amazing. It really is. So just do it. Add some lights and I'll be here waiting for you to thank me. I'll wait for your thank yous to arrive. Dear Mike, you are so right about those pond lights. Okay, pondy people, Um, keep in mind This time of year, you know, you really need to fatten up your fish. And I know that doesn't sound like professional advice to say fatten them up, but soon enough in colder areas, your fish stop eating. Um, And when they do, it's the fat that they're building now that they will burn during the winter when they don't eat. So, And that can last for months when they're not eating. So I'll rephrase my advice to make it more professional and say fatten them up with healthy, nutritious foods. It's getting time in the colder areas to get that wheat germ-based food into their diet. And uh, use a good, high-quality food. There's several out there that you can choose from. Um, And, yeah, fatten them up. Why not? Get the fat. Uh, your fish will fare much better this winter and uh, if they go into it healthy um, and with those fat reserves to burn, and they're not going to come into springtime skinny and and weak. Um, keep feeding them until the temperatures dip down to the low 50s or until they tell you that they're no longer interested in food because they just kind of stop eating. They uh, just kind of lose interest. And uh, once temperatures are below, say, 52 degrees Fahrenheit, you will stop feeding your fish because at those temperatures, your fish are not going to metabolize their food correctly. And remember, those of you in colder regions, you need to start thinking about a winter prep service for your ponds too. Contact your local pond professional. Do it now uh, before the calendars fill up. It's time to prepare your pond for winter. Don't react to winter um, and your local pond pro will be happy to help you. It's better to see them now than when you have freezing temperatures and problems. Fixing a problem is always more expensive than preventing a problem. So sign up with your local pond professional. And uh, don't get left out in the cold. Of course, this does not apply to those of you who are listening in warmer areas. For those of you who enjoy warm weather winters, your feeding routine is not really going to change much. You can all still feed as usual and should still be giving high-quality foods and treats to your finned friends. And those warmer weather or hot weather areas still get to enjoy flowering plants and other great aquatic plants. It, It may even be time to offer your plants up a bit of fertilizer. So get some fertilizer tabs, get some better performance out of your plants. For those of us in colder zones, We need to prep our plants for winter so they have a successful spring, and my guest tonight will have something to say about that. So stick around. My guest tonight is calling in from England, yes, from across the biggest pond of them all, and I appreciate him calling in in the early morning hours since he's about five hours ahead of me here in the Northeast United States. Mark M.J. Wilson is coming on tonight, everybody, and Mark is a friend of mine his company over there in England is Any Pond Limited. For more local reasons, it's Any Pond North, this is how you can find them on Facebook. And Mark is a pond and water garden professional uh, from England. He is an expert with aquatic plants. He is a certified aquascape contractor, and I'm sure he will have some great advice on prepping our plants for those tough winter months. And we're going to talk a bit about some of the differences and similarities in pond keeping American style versus English style. And Mark is a great guy. He's a smart pond professional with knowledge and experience. He's going to be sharing with us tonight all the way from jolly old England. And I'm going to see if he can tell me whether the royal family has any ponds that they keep. So stay tuned for Mark M.J. Wilson from Any Pond Limited coming right up. And remember, if you want to speak with Mark, you can call in at nine one four eight zero three four five five seven. We got plenty of calls on the last show. A lot of fun. So call on in. I could use some practice handling the switchboard. And uh, you know, I asked for a little patience with that as well. I'm pretty new to the switchboard, but I'm kinda getting the hang of it too. Um did you guys hear the last episode of the Pond Hunter Radio broadcast? It was episode fourteen, the Pond Industry All Stars. And What a great show. That was really a lot of fun. I mean, we filled the whole two hours that we have here with great guests and some pretty funny moments. I was very fortunate to get everybody onto the show, uh, all on one show, and some of the pond industry all-stars. I was joined by the guys who took top honors at this year's Pondemonium event. And um, Pondemonium, I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about it. It's the Pond and water garden industry's largest professional event. It's an international event with professionals coming from all over the world. Uh, it's held out in Chicago, you know, out in that area, and people come from as far away as Australia. And I had on the last episode um, Jack Hariu from Atlantis Water Gardens out of Denville, New Jersey, and Carl Petit from Columbia Water Gardens out of Hemet, California. And Jack was recognized this year as the Aquascape Water water Feature Artist of the Year. And Carl Petit was recognized as the Aquascape Businessman of the Year. And they both joined me for a great show. It was a lot of fun. And we had some great listeners call in, too. And even got to talk with Carl Petit's mom, who is great. It was a very proud mother moment that I was happy to be a part of. Um, We heard from Carl's seventh-grade math teacher, his mailman, and Carl Petit's mechanic. So, well, actually, we really did have a great call from Carl's mother. And thank you, Mother Petit, for calling in. That was a lot of fun. And thanks to Carl's customer, Christy McCoy, a very happy customer of Carl's, for another fun call. McCoy, I mean, what a great name for a pond keeper. Doesn't get much better than that, McCoy. And um, there are a few other call-ins from some great pond pros. Steve Shinholz, the former aquascape businessman of the year, called in. And uh, we had a call from one of the pond stars from um, Nacho Wild's new reality TV show. Brian Helfrick calls in. Thanks so much, Brian, for calling in to say hello. That was awesome to have one of the pond stars call in. And the new pond stars TV show is awesome too. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But um, you guys have to check out the show if you missed it. And again, you can you can go check it out at blogtalkradio.com. Pond Hunter and um, please leave a comment I'd appreciate if you did Um, and you can also again go to iTunes and find the Pond Hunter radio broadcast there and thank you to my guests you guys are great congratulations to them again and I hope they will come on the show again sometime in the future and that was episode 14 Pond Hunter radio broadcast pond industry all-stars and we have lots more great shows coming your way Um, for example the next episode, the next Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast is going to be all about water features. Uh, we're going to leave the fish and the plants behind for an episode, and we're going to get a discussion going on the art and engineering of water shaping. And we're going to have some in-depth discussion on water features with the Fountaineer, Russ Sitter, the Fountaineer, owner of the Fountaineer Water Features Design and Engineering out of Lexic- Lexington, Kentucky. I'm looking forward to speaking with Russ. Russ has a passion for fountain systems and a broad knowledge of construction technology. The Fountaineer has projects all over the United States, uh California, Las Vegas, Florida, East Coast, West Coast, and across the globe. Dubai, Indonesia, Turks, Caicos, Iceland, Canada. Russ designs and engineers amazing water features commercially and privately, and he will be joining me right here on the Pond Hunter radio broadcast. If your aquatic obsession goes beyond the fish and plants, if you love dancing water displays, ornate fountains, and water features of every type, this show. So be sure to tune in and hear what Russ is up to. That's episode 16 coming up. Wednesday, October 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, the Pond Hunter Radio broadcast talking about water features. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to talk to Russ and get his insight on the design and impl- implementation of water features. Really going to be cool. Um, have you guys seen the Pond Stars? You know I couldn't wait too long about that. So the Pond Stars is a great new show on Geo Wild. And, um, you know, I've been watching pretty much every episode, which has been great. It's been a lot of fun to uh, watch these shows. It's a very exciting thing, I think, for the industry. Uh, we need some uh, ponds and water gardens and stuff like that on TV. And uh, we're going to do a little segment here on... The Pond Stars Show. We're going to do a Pond Stars review. I have a guest joining me tonight. Um, Nett Ross is with me tonight from Virginia Water Gardens. Nett and Charlie Ross, to talk about the show. We're going to do a little bit on last night's episode because it's on Tuesday night at 9 p.m., Nat Geo Wild. Hey, Nett, are you on the line? I am. Hey, Mike. Hey, Nett. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Great. Thanks so much for coming on with me tonight and to talk about the Pond Stars. So obviously you've been watching the show. What do you what do you think of the series so far?
4: Well, I am loving it. Um, every episode is getting better and better.
3: It is. I thought I thought last night. Uh, we're into episode three right now. I thought last night was really good. They've all been really good. But then again, you know, we're Pawn people. We're we're gonna like this kind of stuff. But. I really do it is a uh, a well-put-together show. Um, so you saw last night's show. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Let's do a little review of um, last night's Pawn Stars on Nat Geo Wild. What did you think of it?
4: Sure. Well, last night, I liked last night because I could really relate to it. Um, I mean, they went into two backyards with basically a blank slate in both yards um and ended up with a beautiful um outdoor uh, living area. Um so expanded uh, the <laughs> homeowner's um entertaining space from indoors to outdoors. Um involved the children and the household and um I just I really liked last night's episode. I could really relate to that's happened in my backyard and I could I could relate to that.
3: Yes, yeah, they were very relatable projects. I think for, for people who do what we do. And uh it is nice how they kind of showed the appeal how even little kids um get into it, which shouldn't really surprise people because there's so much about ponds that appeal um to little kids. So there were there were two projects, um I think they were the Pain Project and the Gilligan project. Tell us a little bit about the the, the first one, the the Payne project that they were working on.
4: Sure. Uh, Sure, The Pain Project, a couple things. There's so many things in that episode. You really need to watch it more than once, and it will be on again. Um, But what I loved about it was they put a, I don't know if you noticed, but they put a beach area on one edge of the pond. Um, It gives the child access to get in and out, and the parents do, access to get in and out easily to interact with the koi. Uh, And then, of course, the big thing on that show was the – or on that project was the underwater koi cam, and who doesn't want to watch their fish from inside their house? I
1: know.
4: So Yeah, (laughs) that was was awesome. Uh, My daughter looked at me and said, we've got to get one of those, Mom. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. we
4: we, yeah, we want to watch our fish as well. Um, So – and I just think that – I just really like how they brought the pond right up to the patio. So many times people think, you know, I'll put it in the corner of the back corner of the yard, and uh, when I look out my window, I can see it. But no, you want to bring it up to right to your living space, right where you can walk out, sit on the patio, put your feet in the water, and enjoy.
3: Yeah, it, and you're right. A lot of people, for whatever reason, they'll find a, a and a weird corner of the yard that they're having a hard time dealing with, and they think that's a great place to put it. But like you, and obviously like the Pond Stars, I think if you can bring these outdoor environments closer to the home, you just get that much more out of them. And when you create a beautiful project like they did, I mean, why would you want to have to walk all the way across your yard to go see it? So it was was really cool. (laughs) And I did like the beach area. And they had um, a sitting area, too. They created a seating area, which was really nice.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: And the koi cam was hilarious. I mean, that's the same thing in in my house. Um, My wife is like, we have to get a koi cam. We've got to watch our fish on TV. (laughs) I know.
4: I know. Everybody has to have one now.
3: (laughs) It was awesome. And uh, I like, too, they had that large piece of cypress wood that they kind of, they had in the pond and out of the pond, and they made it part of the Kind of habitat for the fish but also made it into an area where people could sit and hang out it was eventually it you could sit by the pond and check it out
4: exactly Very that was cool. so cool how it, it just naturalized the whole it looked like it had always been there and that is our goal you know when we leave your backyard we want it to look like we were never there it just dropped out of the sky
3: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, it was a very cool project. And then they had um, the other project. They, they're doing two projects per show, and the other project was the um, Galligan project, which was kind of like a complete mm-hmm. renovation of the backyard. What did you think of that project?
4: I absolutely loved it. Um, I loved that the um, the homeowner did that for his wife while she was away. Uh, we'd all love to have that, that nice surprise when we get home um but yeah. it's a total transformation in that in that yard. I mean, um there was a hot tub there that looked like maybe had been used several years ago. <laughs> and um <Right. laughs> um and just to totally get rid of that and and make the patio, the pergola, uh and of course the pond. Uh, it was just absolutely a total transformation. I love that one.
3: It really was. I mean, what a difference. And they really did just uh, uh a great job. I thought it was funny because, um, you know, fi- you, you knew at some point the great blue heron had to make its appearance in one of these shows and it only took <laughs> <Right>. three episodes. <laughs> so right, like, right. Well, they were in the Florida. Right near a wetland area. Um, I think it was right. a, a riparian habitat, Ed was saying. so, um, And I saw that, uh, you know, there was another uh, company, Earthworks. Um, that's a certified aquascape contractor and I hope I have the name right. I think it's Chris Cummins. From uh-huh. Earthworks and his guys helped out on his uh-huh. projects. It was it was very very cool.
4: They and, did an um, awesome job. Um, and you know, Mike, you mentioned the blue heron. Um, those guys, we we have them um, here in Virginia. Uh, our our store is about a mile from the Rappahannock River, and um, so they visit us on occasion uh, when they have plenty of fish right. to eat in the river. They still come to see us. So. Um, I don't know if you uh recall but in that project they built a um fish cave. Um and so right. um and when we do that in just about every project we do, just gives the fish a place to hide from predators and uh, a very natural looking place to hide in the pond. Um but I love that part of it as well. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's um I think We all get the heron coming around. Um, uh, They just seem to be everywhere. It's amazing. And, yeah, the fish cave is awesome. I like incorporating those into the the ponds that we build uh, up in New Jersey, too. I'm I'm located in New Jersey. What was your Mm -hmm. uh, favorite part of the show? What was your your highlight of the show?
4: I think my favorite part is always uh, of of both shows, both projects last night, as well as when we're putting a, a pond in someone's backyard or front yard or um, Is when we plug up the waterfall, then the homeowner walks around the corner or, or walks out of the house. Just the, the expression on their face, the the excitement, and um, that's my favorite part. <laughs> just seeing the homeowner's reaction. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah, the reveal. Me too. It's 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 just very exciting because we. I'm sure you experience it too with your builds. We get to see that. With our customers, and uh, I, I Absolutely. thought uh, it was very funny uh, at the end, where the the two football players threw Greg Woodstock, the con <laughs> guy, into the swimming pool.
4: <laughs> yeah, that was great.
3: <laughs> yeah. I,
4: I don't know too many people that could get away with that, but um, those two guys pulled it off really well.
3: <laughs> yeah, and who knows if they actually got away with it? The cameras cut away real quick. <laughs>
4: <laughs> they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> so
3: it was really cool. Um, so it's every Tuesday night. Do you know what's coming up on the next um episode
4: by chance? um just a little bit i a couple things um that I have heard um next week is gonna be it looks like they're gonna be in illinois um doing a uh pond for Greg's neighbor actually um and I believe maybe bring in uh what has always been an indoor pond for this uh family, bringing it outdoors. Um, one uh, really neat thing I think about next week is um, they're building an underwater treadmill for these koi because they need some exercise so rather than try to teach them P90X I guess they're just going to put like an underwater treadmill in the pond (laughs) (laughs) so that's going to be interesting to see how that works out (laughs) that's going to be really interesting I can't wait to
3: see it and um, that's going to be on Nat Geo Wild. Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern time and, of course, various times in other parts of the states. Annette, thanks so much for coming on and giving your review of the Pond Stars. Uh, It was really nice to talk to you, and um, I hope I get to talk to you again in the future as well.
4: Thank you, Mike. I appreciate your um, asking me to come on, and everybody watch the show and uh, give us your feedback um, on on it and um, tell all your friends.
3: (laughs) Yep. I will. Thanks, Nett. Give my best to Charlie, and uh, have a very nice evening. We'll catch up with you soon. All right. Thank you so much, Mike. You bet. Thank you. Right. That was Nett Ross from Virginia Water Gardens, everybody, and uh, with her Pond Stars review of Episode 3, and you can visit Virginia Water Gardens' website, www.vawatergardens.com. And, of course, they're on Facebook. Their Facebook page is Virginia Water Gardens. And uh, why don't you guys stop on by and give their page a like and say hello to Charlie and Net Ross. And um, thanks again, you guys. And everybody can tune into the Pond Stars um, for new episodes every Tuesday, Nacho Wild at um, at uh, blah, 9 p.m. And it's a perfect show for the aquatically obsessed, which I happen to be one of them. And I think if you are listening, you are too. So. Where are we? What do we got here? Now we have some announcements I would like to get into here. What's going on in the pond world? There's always stuff going on in the pond world. That's what's so great about it. And there's so many different things going on all the time. Yeah, that's just what I love about all this stuff here. So do we got um, Legacy Koi. They're having their open house event this Saturday, September 27th. Legacy Koi is located in Crystal River, Florida the new home to my sister, who uh, is aquatically obsessed. She has her pond, but she's moved to Florida and no longer has a pond, for the time being, at least. Connor, are you listening? And uh, Legacy Koi is an open event for all koi lovers. Legacy Koi Farm are importers of Japanese koi, true Japanese koi. So swing on by, say hello to the folks there, and check out some beautiful imported Japanese koi. And uh, if you want to learn more about the event, be sure to visit their website at www.japanesekoisales.com. And again, that is this Saturday, September 27th, Legacy Koi Open House in Crystal River, Florida. Stop by for a great day. Nature's Recreations out in Missouri is holding a pond tour, folks. Join a pond tour held by an award-winning pond design company. This will be... A moonlight this Saturday, the 27th, from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. So join Nature's Recreations to experience an elegant evening by moonlight, immersed in the tranquil sounds of nature, and see some of the amazing effects that submersible pond lighting can add to your koi ponds and water gardens. See, I told you guys you need pond lighting. Even the award-winning design companies use in pond lighting. That is. Nature's Recreations Moonlight Pond Tour, Saturday, September 27th. For more information, visit Nature's Recreations on Facebook or visit their website, recreatenature.com. Shinemonium. Are you guys ready for the shin effect? Are you? Are you guys ready for that? Not sure if you are, but if you are, join Steve Shinholder, Mike Carrillo, Andrew, Andrew Lingham, and the entire team at Premier Ponds for their networking and training event for pond professionals, hosted by Turf Equipment. October 8th, 9th, and 10th, three days of networking and training, including a hands-on pond build. Come and meet some of the industry's top professionals. Come and get some of that Schindholzer effect, pond pros. What are you waiting for? This is a great opportunity. Fine-tune your business skills in the field and in the office. Come on down to beautiful Maryland for this. Incredible event. Meet some of the Pond Stars from the new reality TV show we were just talking about. They're going to be on hand at this event. Uh, I'm going. I hope to see you guys there, too. It's going to be amazing. That's October 8th, 9th, and 10th, Shindemonium. Do not miss this. For more information, you can visit the TURF Equipment website, which is TURF. Go to their events page, and you will see Shindemonium right there. And go ahead and sign up. Spaces are limited, so get on it now. Uh, We have, in California, let's go to the other coast, free fall pond care seminar. Yep, it's that time of year, folks. Fall pond care seminars are happening. This one is being held by the Pond Digger, Eric Triplett. You want to learn from one of the industry's top pros? Here's a great opportunity. September 27th, 10 a.m., September 28th at noon. Take a ride over to the Pond Digger headquarters for this free seminar located in Ukapa, California. Stop in and pick up some professional tips and tricks from the pond digger that will save you time and money. Keep your pond looking stellar year-round and go into the holidays with your pond-looking dynamite. He'll even feed you lunch after the seminar. Check that out. September 27th and 28th, Fall Pond Care Seminar at the Pond Digger Headquarters in Ukapa, California. Tell them the pond hunter sent you and you get a $1,000 gift certificate. Oh, wait, no, wrong promotion. I'm sorry, wrong promotion. Tell them the pond hunter sent you and you get extra ketchup on your hot dog. Well, it's not too bad either, but hey, folks, the pond digger is known for his ponds, but he's a foodie too. So be sure to check out where the pond digger is grilling up September 27th and 28th. Fall pond care seminar, free seminar, Ucapa, California. And what else? Across the big pond, where our guest tonight lives, the All England Koi Show is happening soon. Also, September 27th and 28th. What a busy weekend we got in the pond and water gardening world. This is crazy. So September 27th and 28th at Kent County Showground, presented by the Southeast Koi Club. This is one of the largest shows in the U.K. Come and meet the U.K.'s leading koi dealers. Buy some beautiful koi. Pond supplies, aquatic plants will also be available to buy. There will be arts and crafts, food and drink, and lots of fun. Parking is free. That is the All England Koi Show, September 27th and 28th. For more information, go to koi-club.com slash southeast. That's koi-club.com southeast for the All England Koi Show, September 27th and 28th. That's a lot of stuff going on. This is a pretty busy industry. So that's our events, folks. And um, I do have some shout-outs. I do shout-outs to every show. I think my shout-out for this show has to go to the amazing crew I worked with last week out in Las Vegas, Nevada. Never been there before. I had quite a week last week, everybody, quite an adventure in las vegas my first time there sin city man the vegas strip what an insane place and hot boy really so i was out there for a project uh i took part of with a pretty amazing group of pond pros coming from coast to coast pond pros from california illinois and new jersey of course all of them certified aquascape contractors we all worked together on a project set up by aquascape incorporated for the guys from atm acrylic tank manufacturing better known as the guys from tank tanked is the number one tv show on animal planet it's a pretty hilarious show it's it's a great show it's about these guys who build custom aquariums um they do all sorts of amazing projects and it's really a fun show to watch and um We did that. We did a project for them. We built a pond in front of their headquarters. So for Wade and Brett and the entire crew from the Tank TV show, I was just part of the team made up from the guys from Pro Ponds West, Chad Morrill, Chris Corcoran and their main man Lance. They were there. Uh, pond Pros West is a company that I think the pond world will be hearing a lot more about. Uh, BJ Langer from BJL Aquascapes was there. BJ is a uh, former water feature artist of the year, a true pond artist, and pond professional from Colts Neck, New Jersey, Jack Haryu. He was on the last show. He was there, too, from Atlantis Water Gardens, Denzel, New Jersey, the current water feature artist of the year, who um, put his artistic touches on the project as well. And I was there, my company, Full Service Aquatics, from New Jersey as well. We did this build with the guys from the Pond Stars, the TV show, Brian Helpful, Ed Ballew and the pond guy himself, Greg Woodstock, when I call it an adventure build, it really was. We installed a 30-foot-long by 15-foot-wide pond with overflowing urns, a trio of them, stacked slate urns bubbling and splashing away in the pond. Really cool. Uh, A waterfall display. We used large boulders, aquatic plants, submersible lighting. Um, We created access areas with large slabs of stone for up-close viewing for the busloads, and I really do mean busloads of people who come to visit the headquarters of these guys from the Tank TV show. Um, The guys from the Pond and Water Garden TV show, we're building a pond for the guys from the Aquarium TV show. It's really cool. Lots of fun to be a part of this project. So if you listeners are in Vegas, you have to be sure that you visit ATM headquarters where they shoot the TV show Tanks and actually do the building of amazing aquariums, and they are world famous for installing them. It's a real interesting place to visit with a lot more to see than just fish tanks. And now you'll be greeted at the main entry to the headquarters by a beautiful artistic pond creation built by the team of Certified Aquascape contractors that I'm very proud to be a part of. An absolutely great job to all the guys who are out there working from early morning late into the night. Thank you to Wett. Who? What? Thank you to Wade, Brett, Heather, Agnes, the General, Redneck, and everybody from the Tank TV show for the opportunity and treating us great. I hope you and your visitors enjoy your new pond for many years to come. And a special thanks to Nick from ATM for hanging out with us late into the night and keeping our spirits high. Tanked. Is keeping it Pondy. I can't wait to see what they sock it with. I'm I'm sure they're gonna get some amazing poi, and who knows what else they're getting there. And thanks to the CAC team, thanks Pond Stars, thanks ATM. This is your shout out. And uh stay tuned, everybody, for Mark MJ Wilson coming right up. But first we're gonna go with a word from our sponsor, Full Service Aquatics.
4: Do you love your pond? full-service aquatics water garden and koi pond experts can give you a pond you can live with full-service aquatics an award-winning water garden koi pond and water feature design and installation firm has been creating amazing aquatic environments since 1995 got waterfall full-service aquatics can make your old waterfall or pond look like new with our waterfall koi pond and water garden renovation and repair services Visit FullServiceAquatics.com or call 908-277-6000 to speak with a Full Service Aquatics pond professional today. That's FullServiceAquatics.com or 908-277-6000. Full Service Aquatics, a pond you can live with. Visit LoveYourPond.com. Yes, yes.
3: Full Service Aquatics, keeping it pondy all the way out in Las Vegas, people. FullServiceAquatics.com. What a crazy place Vegas is. It's Disneyland for adults and definitely Sin City. I've never seen anything like it before, at least not to such a scale. I live near New York City. I go into Times Square a lot. That place blows people's minds. But it is like just a block of of buildings compared to Las Vegas. And uh, I find it really interesting how even with all the big lights and bling, and amazing buildings, attractions, shows, casinos, and big-name entertainment that Vegas has, they still use water features as one of the main ways to attract people over to the properties. Over-the-top water features of every type can be seen along the strip, just about every block. The Bellagio was was amazing. Um, really incredible fountain display set to music with water jets shooting probably 60 feet in the air. The area hotel and casino with its dancing waters fountain display, it's like water acrobatics with spurts of water colliding at 20 feet in the air, shot at each other from across a huge basin of water, changing colors the entire time. And they have a water wall about 200 feet long, 30 feet high with uh, white water cascading down this wall at random intervals, ever-changing patterns. It's just Amazing everywhere you look. And the Mirage, with its awesome waterfalls transforming into fire-breathing volcanoes. And an amazing show of fire and water displayed together, also choreographed to dramatic musical choices. And I could keep going on. I mean, outdoor water features, indoor water features, koi ponds, they're everywhere. I was loving it. And they appeal to visitors from around the world that a place like Las Vegas attracts. The enjoyment of water features, ponds, water gardens is in no way a localized pastime. Uh, it's a global human interest and passion and lifestyle and always has been. It's, it's interesting how there can be different styles to how people approach ponds and water gardens. Um, that is a localized approach. How ponds and water gardens are approached and what people expect from them does indeed vary from place to place, even though the end result is still a pond or a water garden. What Mr. Jones from Texas expects and desires from his pond is going to be pretty different from what Mr. Baker expects and desires in his pond over in England or what Mr. Hanako desires and expects from his pond over in Japan. At the end of the day, they're all ponds, but what we expect from them and how we go about it will be different. And what we find acceptable Others may not, and of course, what others find acceptable, he may not, (coughs) for the American Pond Keeper. So, tonight, we're going to try and explore and talk about some of those differences with my guest, Mark M.J. Wilson. Mark is the owner of Any Pond Limited. Any Pond Limited is a pond, water garden, and water feature design, install, and service company out of England, and Mark has some great perspective on this. Being a pond professional over in England with many years of experience with the quote-unquote English way of doing ponds, and he has spent a good deal of time here in the U.S. seeing and visiting many American-style ponds and even helping to build a few of them, um, he's also a real expert on aquatic plants for water gardening and is going to give us some tips on preparing our water garden plants for those tough winter months we'll be heading into soon. And he's doing a lot to help change the way England approaches water gardening and pond keeping, almost single-handedly. Uh, Mark is a friend of mine. I'm very happy to have him here on the show tonight, calling all the way in from England. Hey, Mark, are you on the line?
5: Hey, hey, Mike, how are you doing? Hey, you hear good, Mark, how are you? I can hear yeah, you very good. fine. How are you? So there again. Yeah, very, very good. It's um, very early in the morning. It's um, about 20 to 2 in the morning at the moment. Well, good morning to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to the thank show. You. It's been great
3: Good, thank you very much and uh, I'm so glad you're calling in. How's business over there in England?
5: yeah, it's very very good um as you, as you as you know, I'm a very small team, so we're very limited on what we can actually do and achieve so um yeah it's um business is booming at the moment it's um you know we need we need more help, which is great.
3: That is that's 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 very good news, and uh, I got to see you this summer at the Pandemonium event that you came overseas for. Uh, what did you think of Pandemonium this year?
5: Yeah, it was great. You know, it was um, it was it was it was a really good event. Seeing lots of people that I met last year, and then obviously in um, in March. Um, so yeah, it was building a lot more relationships with the, with the contractors that I've. Uh, um seen and and been talking to on facebook you know facebook is a marvelous new technology for me uh, in the last few years um and it's been great so um networking face-to-face is brilliant you know and, and obviously on, on facebook and the internet it's um it's okay but when you're face-to-face with someone you can get their reactions which is much much better and you can see that you're um alike as well which is great yeah it's
3: an incredible tool and uh through Facebook yeah. I saw that you you stuck around um in the United, in the states for a while after the pandemonium event. Uh you were you stuck around yeah. for for a while. What were you up to doing what were you doing Yeah, I,
5: I basically um obviously coming over from England it's um you know it's a bit of a trek over and it takes me about 3 days to uh, to acclimatize, you know, with the jet lag and everything. Um so I stayed on afterwards to to basically shadow a few of the aquascape staff, work with their construction crew. Um, because we work completely different or you know uh, the the practices are different anyway you know the machines are different the ball carts and um, the dingoes we don't have any of those over here we have um, small pallet trucks and um, um, you know big excavators or or skid steers and and you can't really get them into the back gardens over here um, because of access problems so um, yeah just basically um shadowing some of the aquascape um staff i actually worked in the warehouse for a couple of hours um folding liners up and and hanging out with some of the mexicans and um had uh, lunch with them and they're they're very big on their their food and their family and it was great just to see the the, the different culture shocks you know i like uh interacting with different people you know and i don't even have to speak their, their language but we can communicate so yeah it was just good fun and um and then I hung out, um, you know, sort of like the tail end of the week uh, at Aqualand, in, enjoying it. And then obviously the, the fly back home. So, so yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, that's cool. And now you're
3: back in England, and um, you know, you're you're probably. I know that England shares many of the same hardiness zones as the U. S. And I think even where I'm in in New Jersey, and where my company is getting ready to actually start our koi pond and water garden. Um, winter preparation services. Um, do you do yeah. any of those type of services for your customers?
5: Yeah, we do. We're, we do a lot of um, obviously the the, the plant husbandry and, um, and and certainly it's a case of putting nets over. We don't actually shut down any ponds. It doesn't get that cold. It's about a zone seven or a zone eight. Um, so most of the ponds, um, you know, that they, they stay they stay active all the time. All the pumps. On twenty-four hours, seven, you know, three hundred and sixty-five days a year, you may get the odd, um, um, you know, few days when it goes down really cold, but then you can just switch them back on again, and no problem at all. So um, we don't really, we don't really shut them down like you guys do, um, but certainly it's a case of yeah, we, we're going out netting leaves and you know doing all the autumn autumn maintenance. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Cool. Um... I think, you know, we're doing a comparison of of different techniques and styles, England, uh, over in America, but um, we have a, a caller waiting on the line. Let's take a quick phone call ah, and then let's jump, okay. jump into our topics. How does that sound? You, yeah, you yeah, yeah, that would be great. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Let's see who we got. They were waiting for a little while. I hope they're still there on the line. Hey, caller, are you on the line?
0: Hi, this is International Water Features, Jerry. How are you?
3: Jerry! <laughs> How's Jerry?
0: Hey, Jerry, how are you, How are you, Mark? How are you guys? I'm very good. Yourself?
1: Shut
3: the front door. <laughs>
0: Shut the front door and open the back, 'cause I want to run.
1: <laughs>
0: Holy Christmas! How are you? And you too.
3: How are you, you Jerry? Good? Thanks for calling in.
0: Doing great, doing great, um, and crazy busy here in the States, and uh, looking forward to heading back to Ireland there in the coming weeks to meet up with uh, Mark and his neck of the
5: woods. Ah, yeah, it should, it should be great, I've just, we've just seen some pictures of your um, fantastic pond that you've you've just finished recently, they uh, look amazing. Oh my God, the homeowner's so excited, absolutely over the freaking moon. <laughs>
0: We just put the lights in there today. we got the lights going today. We're going to go back and put a few more lights in, but uh, that job is all but but done. We're starting another big project on Thursday, or I mean on Friday. We're getting rain tomorrow, so we won't do nothing tomorrow.
5: Fantastic.
3: Uh, Yeah, you've been doing some amazing work, Jerry. I love following your stuff on Facebook. Um, I'm a big fan of yours. I I love your work, and uh, I always look forward to all your different posts. Uh, It's really, really great stuff. Great work um great ponds and uh just a great personality you and and your company have thank you thank must you be thank getting you ready thank for uh we're not too far away from each other we're about 45 minutes away from each other and uh you must be getting ready to help winterize some ponds for your customers as well yes yes, yeah the
0: leaves are starting to fall uh, not too, you know the uh, i mean you, you know you can tell they're starting the, the colors are starting to change but uh I'd say by the by the end of october uh or you know halfway into october we will start uh, we'll start doing that but uh i'm still building uh still building i've a lot of building uh, i'm backed up for this year and well into next year with a with a install so it's been a crazy uh, a very strange year
3: yeah well that's that's a good good uh, problem to have i guess if you want to even call it a problem
0: oh yeah no it's not a problem <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun
3: <laughs> yeah yeah, and you make it a lot of fun. It's all how you how you approach things. If you can make it fun, it's going to be fun. And I think that translates through to your customers as well. So they, as you say, they must be over the moon with uh, the projects that they're getting out of you. Oh, God. I tell you what, you know, you have to see it in real life. Uh, uh,
0: when you see it in real life, uh, you know, because, you know, everybody has a pond and then somebody comes in and turns it upside down and makes it new and bigger and blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah. And um, this particular guy is a landscaper himself, and uh, he's just—he's uh, just—I uh, mean, I just can't tell you how happy he is. It's—it's—it's a—it's a great thing to make another landscaper happier than he—he's happier than me, and I'm think I'm the happiest guy in the
5: world. <laughs> yeah, your <laughs> yeah. your passion is great. Your thank your you, passion on you. the videos is is, is 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 great. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well,
0: it's lovely hearing you guys. Your show sounds great. Um, I've never been on a show before or a radio station, so it's a, it's a whole new experience again. Um, no, I appreciate and, you uh, joining in. It's beautiful to hear you uh, there, guys, and uh, uh, happy days. And uh, I'll stay listening and let you get back to your because uh, you're talking better talk tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right, Jerry. Thank you so much for God calling in. Appreciate it. See you, and, Jerry. Uh, see you soon. Catch up with you soon. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Take good care. Yep, that's Jerry. Jerry's great. Don't you love Jerry Mark? He's a great
5: guy. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. He's a great guy, and I uh, appreciate him phoning in because obviously in the UK everyone's asleep at the moment, so uh, it's um, it's a bit of a tough one <laughs> to get anyone yeah. to phone in from the UK. <laughs> but but they're going to listen to the uh, the on demand podcast and stuff. You know, I know a lot of people uh, that will listen to the uh, to the show uh, after, which is great. You know, so definitely
3: good. Yeah, you can hear it any time. So, um, okay, so we we were talking about services. Now, um and it's interesting to say you don't really shut down your ponds. I actually in the New Jersey area, we really don't shut down ponds either. Uh for the most part, where most of our customers leave their ponds running all year round. You know, I always tell them in extreme circumstances you got to check on it, of course, extreme conditions, yeah. but but services is a good place to look at uh some of the differences in pond keeping approaches when um you know I I'm just going to refer to it as English style versus American style what type of services do you offer your customers what type of seasonal services is a, a pond company over in England um giving to their pond customers
2: well it's
5: it, it's it's down to the star really on the pond um because a lot of the a lot of the ponds are geared up to um regular maintenance um, so, you know, we do have a few mo- monthly customers, um, but we're trying to move over to, um, you know, to less maintenance ponds. So we, we're going out sort of like twice a year, so it's spring and autumn, because, you know, some, some of our clients can be an hour or an hour and a half away. And if we only have to do a 10-minute job, it's um, it gets very expensive for sort of 10 minutes on site. So we do provide the, the monthly service, but we're trying to come away from that sort of service. Um, but certainly as a, as a t- typical um, we like to you know obviously do the spring startups treating for all, all of the, um, the the blanket reed issues or um, changing uvs if they've got a heavy fish load um, you know and, and basically just um, tidying up in the spring and then obviously in in the autumn as well um, if people need it a lot of people do um, you know a certain amount of, of um, pond care themselves because a lot of people enjoy it as well. So we pro- we provide a, a number of different services. Um, you know, we we, we typically, typically recommend if they if they're looking for a pond professional, then definitely having some help in the spring is a good idea. And then one-offs if if they need it. Um, and then the next service is spring and autumn. And then obviously quarterly, then the monthly service. Um, so you know that, that that's what we sort of like um, offer. Um, but we try and steer away from the from the monthly maintenances um because it is one of those if, if 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 the if the pond needs regular maintenance then the the homeowner really needs to know how to do the stuff themselves because it could be a case of we're we're extremely busy like I was saying we're only a small um you know a couple of guys um a couple of guy team, and um you know it's very hard to get round to everybody so um, you know, we, we we try and educate the customers. This is how you do it. It's very simple. If you have any if you have any problems, or if you're not sure how to do something, you know, we, we're on the end of a phone, um, or, or um, you know, we, we, we can uh, we can come out uh, and do a pond consultation, or you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. You. So you will
3: teach your customers to be a little more hands on with the ponds. You want them to to have a better understanding of. How everything works, so um,
5: they can do those small types of services. Yeah, it, it all it all depends on the load on the system. You know, ty- typically, I, you know, I've found over over in England that there's a lot more um, fish in the systems than there are. Um, you know, in the, the ponds that I've seen in in, in the states, um, they haven't got the same amount of fish. Um, the load on the system, so um, it's almost a, like a, an intensive care. Um, you know units if you've got a lot of fish in the pond then you know you you can have a a problem go down within a few um, you know a few hours even Um, you know it's that balance uh, that needs to be created and a lot of people want to keep more fish so it's out of balance so they need to they need to understand that this is what they need to do or they need to have aeration or they need to um you know they they need the as what we call it is the intensive care system um or life support machine um and they need to know how to to look after it, it, it just in case something goes wrong or a power cut or something and that's what i really like about the uh, um the ecosystem ponds um that, you know it's it's really dropped out you know it was really big in the 70s and 80s um, but certainly it's a case of um, you know, over here that the the balance of the you know, most ponds in the UK are overstocked. So, um, you know, the balance isn't there. Um, you know, certainly yeah. it's a case of there's a lot of wildlife wildlife ponds, you know, back in the sort of like the eighties the, and nineties, wildlife ponds are really um, you know, up, up there and there was no filtrate fish with, with only a small amount of fish. You know, when I, as soon as I say people, you know, you can put fish in it. And they say, oh, yeah, can we we put some fish in? And then they say, oh, can we feed them? And i say, well, if you're starting to feed them every day, then you need to have, um, you know, a filter system to look after the waste. Otherwise, you'll have all sorts of problems. And, you know, then then the the fish will die from, you know, water quality issues and stuff. So, um, you know, as soon as I say you can have fish, people go, oh, great. You know, we'll put in a load of fish, which is, you know, tips the balance, especially when they put small ones in and they grow and, um, without the yeah. the adequate filtration and stuff, so um, that's an so, interesting yeah. observation
3: because I feel like the the American pond tends to be a little overstocked. Um, you know, I I know according to the the rules, so to speak, that my pond certainly would be overstocked. So it's interesting to yeah. see that uh, you that you're saying that over in England people are even more overstocked than I, uh, than how Americans are doing it.
5: Yeah, the, the, you know it's all it's all rule of thumb. You know the way the way I look at it is it's a case of it depends on how much how much work you want to do. It's like if let's say um, you had um, you know cats or dogs. You know if you wanted to spend a lot of time looking after you know ten dogs, that's not a problem. But you're going to be it's, it's going to be virtually a full time job. Where if you have one right. or two dogs, it's you know it's not too much work. So you can have lots and lots of fish in a, in a small pond. But it's a lot of work, you know, and some people are happy doing it. Some people aren't. So we do do a a, sort of like a a fish rehoming service. Um, But certainly, um, you know, ecosystem ponds, um, you know, the sterile, you know, the the sort of like the, the the koi, the typical koi pond over here is very sterile. Um, you know, yeah. as soon as the fish defecates, it's out of the system. You know, backwashed out of the system. You know, heavy big water changes to um, to take out the hormones to stop the, um, you know, the hormone building up so the fish can can grow and everything. Um, you know, but right. they're, they're, they're a lot of the koi keepers. Um, you know, they do daily backwashing. You know, ten ten fifteen percent, and then have a, a sort of like a a, a trickle method to, um, to 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 continually top the pond up and everything. Um, but certainly, yeah. it's a case of uh, yeah, like, like you say, it's a case of um, um, you know most ponds are overstocked but, and they can take quite a lot of abuse. You know, obviously, you know that there's some ponds that haven't been touched for years and years and years, and the fish get used to the environment they're in. Um, you know, I say to right. some of my customers, it's a case of you know the fish will adapt to the conditions that they're in. It's like an alcoholic can wean its weight. You know, can can wean onto taking large amounts of alcohol and then. Um, you know, obviously, you, you can't, you know, you're going to have problems if you go cold turkey, um, you know, and it's exactly the same with water quality. That's the, the sort of like the connection that I can make, you know, uh, if, if the water quality is gradually getting worse and worse and worse. And then all of a sudden you take that fish out of, you know, almost bad toxic conditions and then put it into sterile conditions, It won't be able to cope. You know, it will it, get stressed right. out. You know, it might be too bright or it might be too clear. And and the fish will get stressed out, and it's exactly the same the other way round. You know, if you've got a, um, you know, a a real fit prime um, show grade koi that's been in a sterile system, and you put it into a, um, you know, an ecosystem pond that's got you know a a lot more going on, um, then it might not be able to cope because you know the bacteria infections and stuff that you know the, the fish's immune system isn't built up, and it's it's really it's really quite tough to educate the customers because you know it's it's such a broad rule of thumb you know there's so much information out there and there's not just um you know one way of doing it you know there's lots and lots of ways of you know it all depends on what you want you know whether you want a wildlife pond a prize koi um koi pond um you know a goldfish pond you know it depends again how much maintenance you want to do you know like we were saying before right um, well, let's so talk yeah. about
3: the actual the the type of ponds. But um, right before we get to that, let's take another call. You got another caller who would like to say hello to you. So um, before Fantastic. we get to the ponds, let's see if we can get um, this caller on the line to say hello. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Hey, caller, hello. are you there?
5: Yes. Who are we speaking with?
2: This is Benjamin.
5: Hi, Benjamin. Hey, Benjamin. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. I've got plenty, to the, plenty,
3: of coffee uh, hunter.
2: Hey, Mike. This is Benjamin with Liquid Landscape.
3: Hey, Benjamin Timmermans. How are you?
2: <laughs> good, good, good. Um, my first question would be, Mark, have you had enough
5: coffee? <laughs> yes, and and I found Mountain Dew as well. So there's lots of caffeine in that. I uh, I was um, introduced to Mountain Dew over in 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 Chicago. Um, just a pandemonium, and I and I found it today, so I've got plenty of caffeine in the mountain dew. <laughs> well, I guess the only question I really got, and uh, in in regards
2: to pond construction in Europe and pond construction in America, is, um, you know, I know in Europe ponds have been around a lot longer, and, and some of the methodologies are a little bit different. But what have you taken from the United States? And what you've seen here with your your training over here, what have, what have you taken back from here to over there?
5: I think I think a lot of it is is um, the, the 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 state ponds are they're works of art, and um, it's very much a case of the whole um, ecosystem, as in you know it's the rocks, it's it's the it's the the, the piece of art. It's not all about just the fish. It's not um, necessarily a swimming pool with fish in. Um, so it's, it's, you don't have to have um, airliner. You don't have to have pumps showing on the bottom of the pond. You know, you, you, it can look fantastic, and it look it can look like a mountainside um, rather than a, you know a swimming pool with with fish swimming around. Um, I think we, we uh, I certainly think, back in the 70s and 80s, when you had a lot more um, balanced wildlife ponds, then um, you know they, they were they were they were balanced um so so they did look really good you know I've got a few clients and obviously I'm educating my clients slowly um but certainly it's a case of it's um it's it's getting away from the bare liner the pumps on the bottom the plumbing on show um you know I don't want to see a lot of that stuff and and certainly the first time I came out to Pondemonium when I didn't see all the systems you know with the skimmers you know I hadn't Hadn't seen any decent pond skimmers. They were all out of the swimming pool industry, and and they were you know had certain problems with those. So um, it's it's just the overall look of the general system which has been fantastic for me because you know water plants is my background. The ponds, is is everything. It's not just about the fish. You know if I want to keep big fish, you know, I've got a have got a pond at home. I'm sat right by it now. Um, it's um, two and a half meters deep because it, it's got some big koi in there, over three foot long. Um, but certainly it's a case of, um, you know, they, they need, they need different conditions to, you know, they don't want to live in a, in a work of art. They want to, they want to, want to live in a, in a, in a, in a sterile environment, you know, these are prized fish. So. Um, so yeah, it's great. It, well, I guess, uh, another question I would
2: have is, is, you know, obviously over here we're dealing with a lot of rock and gravel ponds and ecosystem type ponds and, you know, a, a select, uh, you know true dedicated koi ponds and concrete stuff uh, But but majority of what you guys are seeing over there what what kind of construct old construction are you seeing
5: um there's a there's a lot of concrete ponds because you can't change them you know that there there's a lot of concrete ponds um we don't have the severe um the real severe weather so um as long as it's built right and 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 a lot of the ponds that I see are very over engineered um you know it's it, you know they they're going to last a long long time so um we see a lot of concrete ponds and, and again we see a lot of um um you know bare liner pools um so you know it is it's a case of with that pool necklace around the top you know the coping stones and then all of a sudden it's a case of a lot of people you know they you know they build they like to build them themselves you know they start a ponds you know they have a, a, a certain amount of money as a budget and um they go to the local um, aquatic centre. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of um, good aquatic centres in the UK. Um, but they all, send, they all tend to sell components rather than a, a complete system. You know, this is the system that you're allowed, or this is the system that um, you, you're allowed this amount of fish. It's all about um, the size of the pond. It's not about the occupancy in the pond and everything. So, um, you know, there, there's a, there there is a lot of education that needs to be done um, as well. But. But, yeah, the typical typical um, ponds that we see are, um, you know, it's a mixture of, um, you know, bear liner, um, goldfish pools, um, all the way up to the big koi ponds, uh, you know, like swimming pools in different shapes and sizes. Excellent. Well,
2: you guys, you guys are two professionals in the industry, and I can't thank you for taking my call. And uh, it's a great show, Mike, and uh, great to hear your voice, Mark. And uh, um, you guys yeah, are doing it. Yeah. A- you guys are doing a great thing for our industry. That's we need more stuff like this. Hey, right, friends, thanks, ben,
3: thanks so much for calling in.
2: All right, Well, you guys have a good evening? a yeah, good morning.
5: Morning. I'm going to have my cornflakes in a minute. All right, have a good day. <laughs> Cheers. Have bye. a good
3: night. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. So the the um I mean there, there's you're saying there's still a lot of concrete out out there Cotton ponds are still being would you say primarily constructed with concrete even at this point as opposed to using um EPDM liners like is like we are using over here
5: it it all, it all depends you know there there's a lot of um, there's a lot of um, aquatic centers that that sell um you know the P, the real thin PVC and and the real thin um EPDM um so it, i think a lot of it, it it depends on what what people you know what's available to the people you know they don't tend to ring up a, a pond professional a lot of people don't realize that there's pond professionals out there you know that they, they just ring up a landscaper you know we do ponds and they just go to the local um, and just install the components um they, you sure. know uh, and we we but certainly it's a case of um that you know we see a lot of concrete ponds because normally they they've got a certain amount of issues with them so um, and, and, and they can't be changed, you know, once the, it's set in stone, you know, it's set in concrete. So, you know, it's like my, my right. pond in my back garden, you know, I, I um, my koi pond, you know, I built it in 2005, um, you know, there's 720 blocks, um, you know, it's a real big um, st- structural, um, you know, it's very, very hard to change where obviously with the EPDM and, and stuff like that, it's... Uh, um i think a lot of it is all to do with the depth of ponds. you know if if you're looking at keeping big koi um then you know there's a lot of, a tremendous amount of pressure on the, on the on the on the on the base um right. so you know that's why you have to set it in real big lots of uh, concrete and stuff so it doesn't move at all um but but yeah the, the, i would say if if it was a numbers thing then it would be probably pvc or thin epdm um but certainly 1 mil rubber or 0.45 mil, is it what you um you know it's it, over in over in america it's um yeah it's becoming more popular that's that, that's all we use you know there's a lot of different um pond liner um materials out in the market in the uk um but some right. are very thin and um you know they're, they're terrible but um but they are cheap and cheerful you know for for a small pond it's great yeah. um but you know certainly it's a case of um, you know there, there is a lot of EPDM. Um, there's some real good um, manufacturers over in the UK. I think they're the same. You know, Firestone is a manufacturer. Um, yeah. You know, supplying the one mil rubber. It's it, you know that's what we 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 don't put any concrete ponds in. You know, uh, there, there's a lot of concrete ponds, um, but because of um, you know that there, there's a certain amount of problems. Um, with it, you know, there's, in my head, there's only two types of concrete: crack concrete and concrete that will crack eventually. <laughs>
1: right.
5: Um yeah. Yeah, So, um, so I'm we use you. EPDM. You know, whenever whenever we're doing yeah. a building a pond, it's always the one mil rubber.
3: Yeah. Now I haven't been over to England, unfortunately. I, I intend to make it there one of these days. But um, yeah, definitely. What I'm told great. is the the typical size pond um in England or over in europe is is much smaller than the american pond Americans like it big and, and bigger and bigger um do you find that to be true in what you've seen yes on um
5: yeah, yeah so certainly like a to... a lot a lot of a lot of my clients have big ponds um you know that they um but certainly as a typical um you know general rule six by four um you know a lot of, there's a lot of preformed pools that are being sold not that we not that we install them but certainly as a um you know there are we've, we've got a lot of smaller gardens i think you know all the backyards yeah. are, are, are smaller so um you know we haven't we haven't got the space um you know there's a lot of people and um you know and, and uh the gardens are very very small we've got a lot of green um belt um you know which is sort of like the rural the rural um areas the farmland you know so that it, 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 the, the big ponds tend to be natural clay um, liner, you know, or the bentonite clay um, ponds, yeah. but certainly the general, you know, lots of lots of small ones for hobbyists, you know, you know it's six by four, yeah. you know, yeah, all the way up to sort of like, you know, 10 foot, which is still tiny in comparison with you guys, but certainly, you know, there's a lot of ponds, um, you know, up to, up to sort of like 10, 12 feet. Yeah.
3: And it's funny because, kind of, as a builder, when I'm going and making sales calls and trying to educate people on on building ponds and how they should go about doing it, um, I would even say a ten by ten pond is small. <laughs> I'll tell people yeah. I'll say that it's a it's a small pond. So it's almost the kind of the perception that you give to your customers as well. Um, and we do yes, ponds right. of all sizes. We'll we'll do four foot by six foot ponds. So I mean we'll do considerably smaller. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of what you teach your customers in a way because they do look to us. Um, they know what they want. They just don't necessarily know how to go about doing it. That's, so that's um, right.
5: it's, yeah, it's just it's, it's just pri- it's prizing out what they want. You know, if they want to keep koi, then they need to have it a big pond, um, you know, if, if they, if they, if yeah. they want the, you know, like the, the smaller fish then a, a small pond, no problem. You know, even a barrel, you know, it's great for a patio pond. You know, we, we don't do so many of those because uh, um, you know, but yeah, certainly if you can have um, fish in a, in a, in a small barrel on the, on the patio, no problem at all.
3: Yeah. And it's interesting. You, you mentioned too, as far as how um, you go about filtering ponds over there, you, you made the comment that, Um, It's mostly component systems over there in England right now, whereas here in the United States, we have many, many different types of systems that we can install. There's all these different um, brand systems that we can install, Um, and depending on what brand you use, you know, of course, is what you're going to sell to people. Um, But you're saying that there's a lot of components and systems like the Aquascape, um, filtrations has really um, broken into the market over there just yet. So, when they're um, filtering ponds, or what what would be a typical system that is being installed on a pond over in England? What are the components that people are utilizing?
5: Um, a, a lot of it is, um, you know, it's, it's basically box filters. You know, um, it's basically a case of the the pump like pumps the water filters? up. Say again
3: like a, a like a gravity filter a,
5: a box filter no it's, it's like a, a a box filter it's like a heating system tank um that okay. basically water gets gets pumped into and then it, it flows back into the pond you know via gravity um so it's just literally like a a black box um with it with a certain amount of feet filter media in and um you know so it's, it's basically a case of um you know there's a lot of misleading guidelines and stuff, you know, the education is, is something that I really um, you know, it, it can be a lot easier. You know, talking to a POM professional it's is very easy because we just go, This is what you need. You know, we've done it a hundred times or a million times. This is what you need, you know, for, for your situation and it's always the you know, trying to get that situation. What 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 do you want as a you know, a POM? Do you want um, you know, um it's it's getting that so it's 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 mainly um, small box filters um but most of the time it's a case that we get called out and the pond's dirty and it's always the filter system it's not big enough so it's an overload on the system or the fish have grown um but certainly all all the different com- components it's um there's no um you know sort of like um there, there are there are kits don't get me wrong um you know like yeah. a pump and, a pump and filter combination um but certainly it's a case of there's no there's no system um you know like the aquascape system um that we try you know i, I think it hasn't broken into it because of the you know just from the shipping point of view um you know shipping stuff in it's it, it's expensive um but certainly you know the, the the components and everything um over here it's um you know it, yeah, it is basically a case of there's a lot of guesswork. There's there's definitely no pond kits out there, you know. So you can't go into an aquatic store or, um, you know, a, a DIY store and buy a, a pond kit. So from a pond professional point yeah. of view, you know, I'm, I'm always barraging, um, you know, my uh, aquatic sender. Can you can you sort me out pond A, pond B, pond D, pond pond C? So it's very easy for me to install. So I know exactly um, that you know I'm going to go in there, pick the pond kit up that. Um, you know they've 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 um, they've selected for me because sometimes it it, it can take you know I want this pump this pipe this this filter and you and you can be in the aquatic store for two hours you know or you know yeah. picking bits up and you know it, rather than just phoning the aquatic store up and saying can I have a pond A kit you know and then the, you know it, it all comes in but you know you you are you you're basically going around selecting um, components from the aquatic centre. Um, because yeah. you know there's no package, there's no packages, um, and I think that's 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 one thing that I learned. You know, not this pandemonium, but the pandemonium before is 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 look at the packages. You know, so it's basically um, categorizing it. Um, you know, so it's basically a case of and selling. You know, then the customer knows what they're going to buy. You know, it's like if you want to go and buy a TV, you know, you, you set yourself a budget and you think, right, well, I'm going to have a thousand pounds or a thousand dollar TV. You know, a real good TV. Um, you know, you never go into the, the television centre and say, um, I want a TV. And then the, the TV says, well, what do you want? You know, blah, blah, blah. And it, it's a case of you set yourself a budget. This is how much I can afford. What can I get for that money? Where in the, in, um, you know, it's, it's a backwards way. So it's, it's very much a case of, yeah, I want a pond. But they, they might have a thousand pound budget for a pond and they, and they want, you know, a, a, an, a, an Olympic swimming pool. Um, you know, right. they, they just don't know how much um, you know the package is. So it's it's, it's basically the, the packaging of the system. You know, it could be um, you know this is the one thousand um, pound you know pond package, uh, you know, and then people can yeah. see what they can have for a thousand pounds or a thousand dollars. Or you know, not that you're going to get very much for a thousand dollar. You know, six hundred pounds or so. Um, but right. certainly, it's the case of you know have, having a package, and it's all about the design. You know, we're we're always you know uh, uh, um, here in this company we're we're looking at the package and um you know we're we're thinking about the the design to so it we' we're, we're we're looking at the efficiency because we've only a, a small crew then we've gotta go in there you know uh, and and um uh, you know we've gotta be very very efficient so selecting pond components for two hours is not efficient <laughs> at all now <laughs> it's okay if, the... it's okay if you build okay if you're building a pond over the weekend but you know, when you when you look into you know, to um build five ponds in a week or what have you, it's really it's really tough. Not that we build five ponds in a week because we're we're not big enough for that for that, but um but yeah. certainly it's the case of that's where I wanna get to you know, that's where I want to get to the point. Um you know, building five small ponds a week or one or one project, you know, it's, you know, it depends on the size of the pond and, and, and what have you. Um sure. yeah.
3: the American filtration systems I think are much more streamlined and um you know, one of the ways that that I use Facebook, which which I again is a great tool, is I I I'm connected with uh, pond builders all over the world, and I love seeing how they put together their ponds. And I see everything from some very um, low tech ponds, like for example, over in Malaysia, Philippines, over in those areas, they they very they go very low tech on their their yes. filtration. And some of the most complex that I see um, are definitely over in England and over in Europe. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, we we love the gadgets more... and whistles. Oh yeah, <laughs> we the love the gadgets. You know, and
5: it's, uh, it's the, pretty the, funny. Yeah, the ger- the German technology it, it, it is it's, it's it's all gadgets and whistles. You know, you've got conveyor belts and drum filters and um it, I think a lot of it and is, 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 is
3: and and- Yeah
5: it is it, I think a lot of it is designed for for the um for a, a small footprint um as in a case of if you haven't got very much space you know what we're looking at is we're looking at low maintenance ponds because we 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 can't we can't get round and and do daily backwashes or you know weekly weekly um, um servicing you know we we're looking at systems that will look after themselves for at least a month or even 6 months um, so putting on yeah. big wetland filtration systems and stuff, it's great. But but certainly if you if you if you're limited for space, then um, you know you need something compact. But it needs to be cleaned out regularly. And this is what I say to the customers: I say, you know, if you want a pressure filter, you know, a small canister filter, it needs backwashing regularly, or it doesn't work, or it warps inside, or you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. It'll only hold a certain yeah. amount of waste. You're not going to get five kilos of waste in a, in a, in a canister filter. Where in a wetland filter, you could have 50 kilos of waste, you know, on the right size wetland filtration system. Um, So you don't have to clean it out, you know, you you clean it out once a year. And as soon as I say that to some of my clients, they're like, yeah, this is great. I don't want to be cleaning my filter system out every week or every month or what have you. I want to be sat, you know, at the end of the day, I want to be sat with a glass of wine enjoying my pond rather than having to clean the pond. You know, it becomes more of a chore. Um, and and that's right. what that's what I'm trying to um, you know to promote you know you don't have to you know ponds ha- can be low maintenance and, and I think the general in the UK the ponds are hard work they're not hard work it's the it, as long as you get the design right it's like if you go to a restaurant you know the way I the way I see pond professionals are like chefs you know yeah. if, if 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 it's basically you don't blame the food for being uh, you know you blame the chef you know in a restaurant and and it's it's that design you know designing the plate of food um you know someone wouldn't wouldn't blame the food but it is it's, I'm I'm getting mixed up but but certainly you can yeah. understand what I'm saying is you know people people don't shout at the, uh, the about the design of the pond you know they they just think the pond is hard work yeah
3: and um low maintenance is a very very common theme among american customers i mean that's that's something that no matter what people want or think they want, even um even though they may not know exactly what they want, they they do always express I want low maintenance or they say I want no yep. maintenance and I always tell everybody, there's no such thing as no maintenance, but low no, maintenance never. you can certainly have. And um yeah, and right. you have to pay for it. It's you know, the the less expensive systems like the canisters and and those types of filter systems that you pay less but you have to work a lot more on your pond. Yeah. You pay a little bit yeah. more. You get to relax and have that glass of wine sitting by the pond. So that's right. It's really, and a, that's what I really yeah, like about the aqua,
5: aqua, aqua, aquascape is it's about the lifestyle. It's it's not about cleaning the filter system. You know, it is. It's all about the, the, the a balanced ecosystem, and um, right. you know the, the, those sort of ponds can take quite a bit of waste. It's like. A lot of people, you know, say to me, oh, don't put any rocks and gravel in the pond. Um, but it's all about the load and the system. You know, the, the, the rocks and the gravel is, is fantastic. But if you put too many fish in, um, you know, it just gets filled up. And then it's a real nightmare to clean the rocks and the gravel. Um, but, you know, with the right load, it's perfect. You know, it, it, it is, perfect. it's very low maintenance. Mother Nature will work for you. For you. Rather than working against yeah. her, she'll, she will look after the pond. She will eat the waste. And you know, but it's all about the load. It's all about the education. You know, a lot of people, right. um, you know, they, they they you know they, they jump up and down, um, you know, and they say, no, this is the way you've got to do it. And it's like, no, there's you know, it's it's uh, there's a number of ways. <laughs> right.
3: Now, with, so we're talking about filtration, which of course the the which is how you're going to control your water quality. And I've been told that. Water quality um, to many um, European or or pond keepers over in England is, of course, important. However, um, a lot of the uh, most pond keepers don't really mind having a little bit of green water or a little bit of murkiness to their pond, whereas the American pond keeper, they do not want green water. They want it nice and clear all the time. Um, Is that true that? over in england a little bit of green yeah, water yes a little yes, and, yes, is yes acceptable. and no certainly
5: yeah. It's a, yeah certainly it's a case of it's yes and no you know that the, the 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 koi the, the people they want to clear ponds where you know that they sort of like the ecosystem people that are you know it's a water garden they don't mind a bit of green water in the spring you know it's basically that single cell algae is the first to break its dormancy um so you know wildlife ponds um, they will tend to go a, a slight greeny color in, in the spring. Um, you know, the amount of times when I, I get a call in the, in the spring, I've got a wildlife pond that's gone green, um, you know, and I say as soon as the plants get going, they're going to use that nutrients up and um, they'll soon start out competing the algae. for. Um, so yes and no. <laughs> um, they, they can be, a, you know, that they do, you know, there's a lot of people that jump up and down, but they do, They do tolerate it more. You know, I've got customers or or clients that are contacting me. Um, You know, I've had a murky pond for three or four years or five years, and I'm like, really? And and they're like, yeah, I've not, you know, my system's not, you know, and then they say, um, you know, uh, you you look between the lines and it's all against, you know, it's about the load and it's not got the adequate filtration. You know, like I was saying, it's a case of filters are sold for the size of the pond, not the occupants in it, which is, you know, uh, um, you know, which is something that I have to really educate the people. It's like you can have ten dogs in a in a kennel and you have to clean them up, clean the clean the waste, but you can have them in a great big field, and you wouldn't have to clean up after them because of you know mother nature will take care of it it's It's all about the balance,
3: right, and a lot of people do get confused by that they'll see a, a small yeah. filter um that you know i for me personally, I look at some of these filters that that customers have hooked up to the ponds and it's the kind of filter like a canister filter that I would use on a fish tank you know maybe like yeah, a 90 yeah, yeah. gallon fish tank and they have it hooked That's up right. to their 500 gallon pond and I'm like there's just no yeah. way there's no way you're going to yeah. get
5: good results out of this so and, unless unless you cleaning it unless you cleaning it on a daily basis or an hourly basis you know and, right. and not that you're going to get the biological load you know um you know um colonizing in there but certainly it's a case of you know it's going back to that so that regular maintenance, you know, that that, that that's the, uh, you know, that that's where the manufacturers can get away with, um, with 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 the size of the pond. You know, you can't you can do it, but you've got to clean the pond. You know, if 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 they put it in small print, you've got to clean the system out. You know, very very regularly. You know, daily or weekly. People wouldn't buy the right. systems. You know, it's, it's blah blah blah, isn't it? It's, it's all about exactly. the it's all about the load.
3: And then they have green water, which, again, to the American customer is just completely unacceptable because they can't yeah. see their fish. Now, yeah. when it comes to fish, there's got to be, you you have to have seen some differences in the types of fish that are kept over in England versus kept over here in America. Um, for example, I see, I know koi are popular everywhere. It's, America was was really greatly influenced um in their interest in koi by um the united kingdom the the British koi Keeper society yeah. that was one of the earliest yeah, it's fan- it's koi clubs yeah, I mean, in the world it was i think one of the first outside of japan to to actually celebrate koi and start educating people on koi and of course
5: yeah America there's, there's lots of information that, about koi
3: as well as the Shabunkin the the Bristol Shubunkin
5: Society. Yeah, that, that's um, that's my favorite. One of my favorite fish at the moment is you know the the, the poor man's koi, as we, you know, as we, as we like to call it.
3: <laughs> we, yeah. and, and
5: and they don't get too big, which is great. You know, I've got some some customers that have got like them ten inches long, and you know they're sort of like thirty years old, and they're they're fantastic. I love those those little um, little shubunkins. They're great. Yeah, they
3: really are. They're beautiful fish, and they're they were so popular over there that. It, the, there's actually a variety of shubunkin called the Bristol Shibunkin, Is that correct?
5: Yeah, and, and also there's the London shubunkin, and there's there's all there, there, there's actually um, shubunkin classes in golfers shows and stuff over here. It's uh, you know, ah. the, 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 and, and and the the the, the tail's got to be a perfect heart shape. You know, it's crazy. You know, you, you can go you know you can go real real deep.
4: Um, you know, one of my
5: customers she breeds um, she breeds Bristol and London shebumpkins. You know, the London is the white one, and the Bristol is the blue one. Okay, I
3: I must have I have uh, two shubunkin in, in my pond, and I believe I must have a, a Bristol and I must have a London. I don't know the difference yeah. personally by by just looking at them, but what you just described is are the two different varieties that
5: I have. I love them too. Yeah. I, I think they Yeah, I, I think fish. I think it's a lot of it is it is a common you know it's a common name you know blah 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 it's it's like the uh, common names that you know there's lots of different common names but certainly that's what you know that's what I uh, um, you know the white chubmkins are London and and the Bristol you know going back to the seventies the, you know the books that are out in the golf fancy goldfish um, you know all those sort of societies and stuff so yeah yeah um, now what about
3: uh, I see that. Sturgeon is kept over in England. Um over in yeah,
5: Ireland. Stur- too. See Stur- sturgeon Sturlitz. Yeah, we got we've got lots of different sturlets and diamondbacks and, you know, all sorts of um all sorts of different sturgeon and um, you know, i I think a lot of people, you know, they want something different, you know. Certainly it's a case of um there are a few more complications when you when you do go down the, the sturlet route. Um you know for from from a water treatment and um you know if you do have problems with the with your with your fish, then I know stirlitz can be a bit more delicate. I don't know if do you have tench in the, in the u s they're not that popular you can you can find them over here but but it's not a popular fish yeah we we have a lot of um, a lot of you know most aquatic stores sell tench green tench and golden tench. Um, and, yeah. and they, um, you know, they, they call them the doctor fish. I don't know if they're called the doctor fish in the states as well. It's, no, um, they you actually, know, they're it's, just
3: referred to as tench. And um, really, the only ones that I've seen, and again, I, I don't see them around that often, are the gold tench. I, I have not seen the green tench come to market out here.
5: Yeah, they, and also there's a, there's a few koi tench as well. Um, I don't know if, how popular they're going to be, but I've, I've certainly seen a few. Uh, with a bluish tinge and i've seen a few that um you know they're not perfect go sanke varieties as in the white fish with the red and black markings but certainly there's um you know multicoloured tench that are coming out i think it's you know breeding um with the golden tench you know there's that real clear um you know carrot golden tench and then there's golden tench with a few black spots and then obviously there are a few um koi tench but i've i've definitely i've got a few customers that have got some blue um, blue tents, which are uh, you know, uh, nice and, and and of course the weather loaches as well. I remember you posting uh, uh, an article about the weather loach. You know, I've got some some customers with some massive, great big weather loach. When I say massive, they're only sort of six inches long, but they're massive for weather loach. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Which uh, I'm going to be looking at putting a couple. Of, I was just talking about that today to a friend of mine. I'm going to look at putting a couple of those into my pond once they come across them um yeah, there's, yeah there's not a, i've a kept, big...
5: them, kept them in a kept them in aquarium at home and uh they're they're great escape artists my wife's frightened of uh the weather loach in uh, in my kitchen aquarium they keep jumping out but they're as hardy as anything you know I'll, I'll put them back in four or five times and you know they can be real crisp and um you know we, we, we've literally got cups over there where we, we've got a, a tiny little feeding hole and if you don't put the cup yeah. back on the feeding hole it will come right out of the tank it's, it's um you know it's it's it's, it's great they've got so much character you know all the fish have got their own personalities but but certainly uh weatherloats they've got a character to their own you know they're 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 great yeah so do you have have rudd do you have rudd as well
3: golden rudd or have you heard of rudd Uh, no uh not not that i'm aware of not that i i've seen personally it could be out there but not that i see in these markets
5: yeah, we we, we, we uh, that that's what we would recommend in a wildlife pond, you know, with no filtration. So it's just literally a case of it's like a water garden or a wildlife pond, then we would we would introduce golden rud. They're a surface feeding fish. Um the mouth's actually turned upwards. Um, you know, that they're uh, and also um there's another coarse fish um that are in the rivers called a roach. Um and but they're they're very shoaling fish, um, but they're silver um so uh, you know in the wildlife ponds and rud and roach are really good and you know you can get the golden wo- golden rud they're um they're, yeah. they're very popular in in wildlife native wildlife you know we don't have any bass in the uk um you know we don't have any um any turtles you know back in the 90s with the teenage mutant ninja turtles it it became illegal to bring them in um ah. but certainly there are a, there are a few in the aquarium trade um that are you know um I know that the the first episode of the Pond Stars is a turtle pond, so I'm I'm looking a bit more, um, you know, if if it's changed. But certainly I think that there are are a few turtles that are coming in um, that can be climatized where, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, through the aquarium. But we don't have any, obviously, uh, um, turtles or or salamanders even. You know, we, we have a lot of newts um you know we have great crested newts that are a protected species and um you know they they're so protected if you can have a 5000 pound fine for picking them up um or wow. you can actually put okay. be in, we you can actually be put in prison um you know if if you um if you hold you know if you keep them um or disturb them they they're so highly protected i don't know who polices it you know it's it's it's, it's british nature or, yeah. um you know um but certainly it's a case of um, you know, there are, there are, uh, native species that are very highly protective and we see, we see a, a fair amount of them. You know, we, we've got a few clients that have got, um, great crested newts and we can do routine maintenance, but if we want to yep. add fish or if we want to, um, alter the system or, um, you know, do, um, you know, s- some construction, then we have to get a license to, um, you know, to, so it's all about the newts. It's, it's great. You know, I love, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know I fascinating.
3: think it would be it would be very embarrassing to go to prison because of a newt you think uh,
5: yeah you, well, uh, you know, i'm i'm, I'd want, I'm petrified.
3: Ch- I'd want a charge that's a little tougher than that
5: <laughs> yeah i'm I'm petrified because i I would have thought that, that you know if if you know that they would they would use me as an example, you know pon contractor put into prison you know for yes. three days or five days because of you know um you know doing a routine maintenance so i'm I'm you know I always phone them up and you know, we we try and avoid getting the licences um, because we can do routine maintenance now because all the newts are in there. You know, they're they're coming out of the pond. So from from now on, um, this is when we sort of tend to do the sort of like the natural pond um, routine maintenance where there's a lot of great crested newts because they're out of the pond. So you can do pretty much, um, but we can't put fish in because it it, it can, the, the fish out compete the newt for food, um, and also you can't put pumps because obviously the pumps can be powerful and um and disturb the the newts when they come back into breed. so um but yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 a tough one, not like i say who who polices it you know it's it's um you know it, but but yeah, they are protected really 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 strongly,
1: yeah,
5: i think they're more well, i think him, they're uh... more I think it's more of a case of you know, they're endangered, endangered in certain places um and in and in yeah. other certain places they're you know, they're very localised but certainly, you know, I understand that from the biosecurity point of view, moving them around and you know, if, if people start to meddle with them, um, you know, you can transfer disease and stuff and you know, a lot of the a lot of the um the, the small natural ponds um, you know, that they, they do get built on, you know, so that I understand one hundred percent why they are protected. You know, they're fantastic creatures, sure.
3: Yeah, yeah, and it does make sense. What about um catfish? You have different varieties of catfish out in the pond? We
5: don't I've got I've got one customer that's got a channel catfish and I'm surprised that um um you know it, it lives outside but you know obviously you know that's one thing that I've learned from from um you know from from the the ponds in in Chicago some of them have catfish but but certainly we don't really have that many. Um, there there's yeah. a couple of guys that were um uh, you know, I've I've kept whales catfish before licenses came out. You know, they're the big European whales catfish. Um yep. and you need a you need you need a licence to keep those. Um, you know, we 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 used to have them I used to work on a fish farm and um, you know, we used to have them in the fishing lakes up to sort of like ninety ninety pounds and I've I've travelled all over the world to go and catch the, the European um whales catfish. I went out to Kazakhstan in the year two thousand. Um, wow. you know, that was a, a really great fishing expedition. Um, you know, even on my holidays, I'm still in the water, you know, fresh water, fresh water. That's where yeah. I am. You know, that's where I want to be, you know, the, the adventurer.
3: <laughs> i tell you, if I but had yeah. a choice to go to prison for illegal catfish or illegal newts, I would go to prison yeah. for catfish.
5: Yeah, Yeah. yeah that definitely. would be my if, choice. If you, i know i know i know um you know certainly it's a case of ten years ago they were they were smuggling a lot of catfish into the u k from from france there's some there, there used to be some massive um massive catfish in in the French rivers and they used to smuggle them into the u k and you know always in the in the fishing press we used to see of uh you know someone going to prison because they've been caught smuggling catfish into the uk because obviously if you've got a fishing lake in the uk and you can advertise that you've got a big big fish then obviously you can demand a lot more money for people to come and fish your lake you know it's all catch and release um yeah. you know you know obviously if if, if you if you, you know um i know um you know catfish and you know they're they're, they're you eat them a lot you know over in, in america and uh um, but certainly, yeah, you don't have many catfish or bass or anything in, in in the UK at all.
3: Yeah, very interesting. A lot of differences in how we we keep our fish. Now, what about aquatic plants? Um, there's, I'm like, sure you've, yeah. you've, you've you've gotten a, a very good idea of what kind of plants we keep in our ponds out here, and and what kind of plants you're keeping out in um, in England. What are some of the big differences that you see in how we approach um, water gardening?
5: I think I think um, certainly it's a case of because obviously um, the the US or the states it's a lot bigger and you've got a lot of different zones. You know I've seen a lot more tropical um, you know water lilies and um, lotuses and stuff like that when I've been out to Chicago. Um, you know where in the UK it's just so expensive to ship them in for a, a sort of like a, a three month or a four month window. Um, you know and, and um, you know I have seen them in the UK um, but they're more for Um, for tropical um, aquariums or paludariums or stuff like that so um, you know i I used to sell um, some you know tropical um, king of the blues and stuff like that i used to you know that's one of my favorite fragrant you know uh, um, water lilies but certainly the hardy water lilies we've got loads of hardy water lilies Um, you know it's you know the hybridizing of of the hybrid um, the hardy water lilies but no lotus um no real tropical day blooming or night blooming tropical lilies um but yeah we've got some you know we've got some great um you know English native water plants um you know and, and obviously with the american um you know the American influence there's a lot of um names um like I was saying to you before uh um you know the common names it's very hard for me to to you know i've I've got a rough idea of the of the common names. Um, you know, in in America and and uh, in, in the UK, you know, we've got, um, you know, we we never call um, typhas uh, cattails. So, you know, in America they call them cattails. Um, in in the UK we, we call them reed mace, or they're falsely named bulrushes. Um, where I, you know, obviously coming from a plant background, I call them typhas typhalats or angustifolia. Um, you know, but but certainly it's a case of. And that was one thing I did pick up, you know, when I was um, doing the plants is what are cattails? Cattails, there's a lot of cattails. Oh, it's typhus. Okay, but, you know, they're the, they're the reed mace. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and coontail is, um, you know, hornwort, ceratophyllum. You know, it's an oxygenating plant. You know, we we would never, um, you know, we've got obviously no raccoons in the UK. So, um, you know, I think that's where, where the name comes from. But, but yeah, there's um, lots of, um, similarities. Um, we had um, Chris and Diane Baker over from uh, across the pond. Um, you know, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and I did a little mini tour, and um, Diane was really impressed with um, you know my plants in, in my back garden, and, and she was saying, "Oh, you have the similar sort of stuff to, to us." And I said, "Yeah, it's only really the tropical stuff that we don't really have um, because of the because of the short season. Um, you know, and it's very hard to you know you can't ship them in. You know, obviously, I think." when you've got all the different zones and, you know, it's just a case of um, the shipping is a lot easier in, in the States than flying it across or, you know, shipping it across um, the big pond. Um, you know, yeah. you know, the, the, um, you know, like I say, Lotus, you know, I've, I've only probably seen one or two lotuses in the UK, you know, and they're all normally at botanical gardens. You know, we've got, a great, you know, Kew Gardens is, is fantastic and we've got some real nice, um, you know, we've got the, uh, the Amazonian water lilies and stuff. There's a real good collection, but from, you know, outside of, you know, the big botanical gardens, there's no real, um, you know, lotuses unless you've got a real dedicated, um, you know, lotus, you know, hobbyist, um, that, that ships them in and, you know, keeps them in a conservatory. So, uh, but certainly, you know, yeah. not outside. Um, but yeah, it's you know, lots of, uh, lots of plants. Yeah. We don't
3: use a lot of of the submerged aquatic plants. We're using mostly marginals. Um, Yeah. You know, know. we don't do a lot of what you're referring to with coontail, um, you know, those types of submerged aquatic weeds. Um, I don't use a lot of that. I don't see a lot of that being used in ponds. It's still very popular in aquarium keeping, Um, much, much more popular in aquarium keeping. But, um, you know, as... The weather starts turning. What are some of the recommendations that you give to people out there to prepare their their plants for wintertime? What are some good tips that we can give to people out there
5: yeah it's it's, it's basically a case of it's 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 all um you know it's good housekeeping, so you know I call it the three ds um you know the dead dying and- diseased um, you know, if you've got any yellowing on the plants, you know, so now obviously this time of the year the water lilies are starting to turn yellow. So, you know, within the next few weeks we'll cut all the lilies back. Um, but certainly, you know, anything yellow, um, the the three Ds and that's that's why I always think, you know, from, from a horticultural training it's the dead, the dying and the diseased, you know, you just prune that out, um or get rid of that, um, you know, as a matter of course and then you can restart shaping the plants and stuff. Um, But certainly, um, you know, going on back to the submergence, I think a lot of them are there um, when you are competing with algae, when you haven't got um, other plants. So the submerged plants, you know, this time of year, then we're reducing the stock um, quite heavily um, because obviously in, in the winter, they do start to rot back and then they obviously add load to the system, you know, just dead, dying vegetation. So in a wildlife pond that there's no filtration, no pumps, we would actually um you know cut the um the submerged weeds back and then put the tips back in um, because obviously you've got that growing point they're continually growing some of the fastest plants on the planet are actually submerged submerged water plants you know they can grow 14 centimeters in a day easy and that's you know like yeah. i'm saying um you know they're not bulbs that come up you know real quick and then die back down they're continually growing you know obviously uh, um but but yeah it, it, it's so it's basically the 3d so with the, with the with the marginals cut them back just above the surface of the water now if it's low you know at the moment we haven't had a lot of rain in the uk so some of the ponds are sort of you know a foot deep a, a foot down or 18 inches down um you yeah. know where where the rain hasn't topped them up so I wouldn't cut them down to the water level now um, but certainly, you know where where the winter level is going to be. So, um, because a, lo- a lot of the plants, if you cut them down too low, then they will drown. Um, their 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 foliage will still act as straws, um, you know, sucking down air or you know, uh, insulate the, the 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 heart of the plant. So, um, so certainly that the, the sort of like the deep water marginals, um, then cut them ab- about an inch above the surface of the of the winter um, the winter level of the water. Um, But, yeah, cutting everything off that's gone yellow, um, you know, uh, as a matter of course, in the next few weeks, we're going to be chopping all the water lilies back in all of the ponds. You know, some of them have still got flowers on. um, But, you know, to to get around all the ponds that we go and see, um, you know, it's like the pond that I was at yesterday. It was, you know, um, I was saying to the guys, it's, it's a shame that we've got to take these, you know, there's one or two flowers that are still holding on um but you know it's a case of you know we're there so rather than coming back and just doing the water lily after um you know we do we do it um you know when when we're on site um so so cutting everything back as a you know general housekeeping um because what you don't want to do is you don't want to have all that composting plant matter building up in the pond so you know obviously with, with right. the deciduous trees around the ponds you know again that's a that's one of the big tasks that we do in in, uh, in the uk you know, if, if if people haven't got nets, you know, we haven't got many ponds with skimmers, so obviously there, there's no skimming action at all. Um, so there's yep. um, uh, there's a lot of um, um, you know leaves that are dropping in down to the bottom, and sometimes it's a case of you know, some people say that it's good because obviously they when they're composting, they are generating a little bit of heat. But again, it's it, you know, when you've got that lid on the top with the ice. It's 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 not the the cold that kills the fish. It's the, the gas that's building up from rotting vegetation. So you know, in, in a sterile koi pond, when you've got no organic load, you know, they're they're a lot hardy, you know, in, in the winds because there's no um, organic load. That's apart from a little bit of fish waste. You know, there's no plant matter that's rotting down, and it's the methane that's that's, that's being produced by that rotting plant material. So in in, a, in the wildlife ponds you can have um you know um oxygen problems even in the winter because of that methane um you know can't get in out um of a of a of a wildlife pond so this is why we chop back a lot of the plants um yeah. you know especially if there's a few fish in there uh, you know obviously um you know uh, yeah the 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 gas will build up underneath um but again we don't really um tend to drill i remember last year or maybe even the year before Um, You're doing a a winter video for for, for your YouTube channel and I picked up on drilling the ice rather than breaking the ice. You know, that's a big no-no. Certainly drilling the ice is a a good thing. Not that we had any ice or uh, hardly any ice last year. You know, very, very thin and cat ice. Um, But this last year that we we had a very mild winter, we didn't have any snow. Um, You know, so, you know, not even a sprinkling. Um, where the year before we had quite a lot of snow and some deep deep frost, you know, um, and, and ice yeah. down to sort of a couple of inches. Um, so I'm waiting for that deep freeze so then I can start drilling my holes because I haven't actually done it yet. <laughs> um, so <laughs> something to look forward so, um, to. Now, do you, do you yeah. add
3: any um, fertilizer to the plants before they go dormant?
5: No, it, uh, I, I tend I tend to I tend to feed and repot all the all the water plants in the spring um the reason yep. being is because um sometimes you know that the the aquatic fertilizers and stuff unless the plants are just starting to grow they can they can feed the the water so um you know you can have water quality issues um it all depends on the fertilizer that you're using and um that yep. is a real popular um thing with with the water plants you know a lot of people plant, plant um water plants in um you know in really really low Um, nutrient you know even gravel sometimes it all depends on what you're trying to achieve whether you're trying to achieve show grade water plants or whether the water plants are in there you know because obviously you've got the decorative point and also you've got the the nutrient um you know you know they actually um remove a lot of toxins from the water as well Water plants, so you know they can you they can take out um toxins metals um you know lots of um you know even even um You know, pesticides and stuff. You know, uh, it's it's, it's great, but um, well, I've gone off on a tangent. Now, where where were we going? I can't remember uh, where we were. Well, we're talking about
3: fertilizer. But let me ask you. That's it. Fertilizer.
5: yeah. So it all all depends on the fertilizer. You know, if you're using a pelleted fertilizer, um, you know, this time of the year you can can fertilize, but if they're going back into them, they're not using um, they're not using the nutrients. So. I would I would tend to fertilize the plants in the uh, um in in the spring and certainly I wouldn't never use a liquid fertilizer this time of the year because that's just going to um you know feed the, the single cell algae or green water or um or, you know the, the very less you know the the less complex plants um you know the single cell yeah. um algae is, is is the is the is the most basic plant that there is so um you know if you use a liquid um plant fertilizer unless you've got a lot of um submerged weeds that are gonna, you know, get that growth. Um, you know, but they they tend to be going back into a dormant stage and, and making, you know, a few of their you know, the winter buds, um, you know, it's all going back into the rhizome of the lily and stuff like that. So um I wouldn't right. tend to fertilize. I know a certain amount of people that um repot the lilies and stuff this time of the year because you can do it. Um and yep. I and the, It's um, certainly the the cold temperatures you can, um, but, but, you know, it's got to be very, very slow release, you know. Otherwise, if you've got, um, um, you know, if you're putting in, um, you know, know, rotted horse manure or something in for the plants, you know, hungry plants, um, you know, that's another thing. You know, we we grow moisture-loving plants, and they're called bog plants, um, and they're just moisture-loving, you know, like the primulas and stuff, where I know um in the states they call um vegetable filters bog filters or you know what we call, what we would class as a wetland or um you know a vegetable filter you know that or an up, up, up bog filter or something you would call it um yep. where you know in in the UK we 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 class bog plants as moisture loving like the primulas the hostas um you know so that so they've just got their sure. the tips of the roots in the water um yeah so yeah, it's, uh, and, and and obviously a lot of those just trim the leaves, and you know, uh, and, you know they're going back. So you know, like the gunneras, you know, um, cutting those, the, you know, the great big elephant—is it called elephant ears? Um, elephant gunnera, ears. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, great big, lovely plant. You know, and we just cover Beautiful. the crowns, um, cover the crown, and they, some of those can be absolutely massive. Yeah.
3: Well, those are some really. Great tips and a really interesting conversation talking about how the differences between you know the American approach and English approach and, and and the and the similarities as well as to how we go about keeping ponds. I mean, really interesting stuff, Mark. And you know, we're coming up on that time; it just flew by. But I want to thank you so oh much really? for, yes. for calling That's crazy, in. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for calling into the show. Thank you for staying up so late. I know it's very late for no you no right problem. now but uh a,
5: booked myself a bit of a book myself a bit of a lion tomorrow. I'm starting at about half nine ten o'clock rather than the normal half six seven <laughs> so <laughs> i don't have to I don't have to get up in uh three or four hours' time so yeah I'll give myself a That's bit of good. a lion tomorrow <laughs> good planning <laughs> well, thank you so
3: much um again for calling in. I look forward to seeing you uh hopefully someday over there, but I'm sure I'll see you coming up over here. Um, within the next year or so, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll great see each other anymore. in
5: Carbo, won't we? If we'll we'll see each other in oh, Carbo yes. if that all that all goes on. I know what's going on over there at the moment. Yeah, it's, uh, terrible, and but but certainly yeah uh, yeah. Hopefully, in January, we'll see each other in Carbo. Let's
3: hope so. So, but uh, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you uh, you have a great rest of the evening, and thanks so much for your insight and your information to all the listeners out there. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you again. Thanks, Mike. Okay, Mark. You have a great night, and uh, I will talk to you soon.
5: Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.
3: That was Mark M.J. Wilson, everybody, from Any Pond Ltd. out in England. And uh, he was a great guest and uh, very interesting talking about American pond keeping versus English pond keeping styles. And um, he's a really great guy. You guys can catch up with him all over the place. His website is anypond.com. His Twitter is at ltd. And, of course, you can visit him on facebook.com uh, as well, slash pond specialist or slash anypondnorthance. So um, I hope he has a very good evening. Thanks for the callers who called in. Gerard from International Aquascapes and Benjamin from Liquid Landscapes, thanks you guys for calling in. And um, I want to thank everybody this evening for sticking around and being uh, a part of the show. It's really great to be able to spend this time with you guys, and I look forward to seeing you guys next time as well. And um, be sure to tune in for the next Pond Hunter broadcast which we're going to be talking about water features with my guest, Russ Sitter, um, who uh, is really a, a pretty interesting guy. He's an engineer, and he designs water features uh, around the world. Thanks, Net Ross and Charlie Ross, for calling in from Virginia Water Gardens for your Pond Stars review. That was a lot of fun to do that. And uh, until the next time, everybody, I will catch you. I'm Mike Gannon, um, and thanks for listening. I will leave you guys with a song here, and we will see you next time. Take good care, everybody.